It's about time, it's about space, it's about time we did a podcast. This doesn't rhyme, it really should, but it doesn't, so let's just try and do good. Uh, Hey, it's Holland Williams here, and you're listening to the Holland Highway Podcast. Hello, I hope it's not too painful. Uh, Hey everybody, it's me, welcome to the Holland Highway. What a show today. Oh my God, crazy news story today. Another winner. Just uh, look up, look down, your pants are falling down. That's all I'm going to say. Also, uh, Samuel E. Quauk. You know the guy who writes the romantic love stories and whatnot? Yeah, spring is here. So Samuel E. Quauk is dropping by to read one of his quote-unquote love stories. I call them more like Stephen King horror stories, but we'll see. Let's see if he can get it right. Freak. Also, uh, we're going to do the uh, Harland Highway listener mailbag today. We got uh, we got letters coming in from people expressing their feelings about the podcast coming to an end. So we'll talk about that and maybe even listen to a couple of phone calls. Uh, and so, uh, answering questions and just having fun. So let's get ready. Put your helmets on. This is the Harland Highway. How do you know my name? It's on the marriage certificate. I've never seen you before in all my life. Hold on to your airbag. You heartless, heartless monsters. All of you through and through. You're riding down the Harland Highway. Oh, yeah. see a fallen star, that means a witch has just died. You clumsy idiot. The Harland Highway. All I want is to hear people say something again and to see people moving again. I'm Floyd Bernie, a rockabilly boy. Don't you understand? You're listening to Harland Williams. I can't be your daughter. I'm a machine. Man, you've been dead a thousand years. Why, George, I think he's got it. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. What's up, Doc? Mister, if you don't lose, you're going to lose right now. Don't leave me here! Oh, boy, here we go. Podcast number 989. Wow. So that means, gosh, 11 more to go before we shut the doors on the Harland Highway podcast. We... We put the road close sign on the Harlan Highway. Um, but we've been getting a lot of emails from people, Raj, and I, I think it's important we let uh, people's voices be heard as we come around the final bend here. So why don't we open up the Harlan Highway mailbag and we'll read a few of the Pavement Pounders emails. Open her up, Raj. Yes, yes, we're the only place on the planet whose emails are actually made out of paper. I I don't know how or why, but paper shoots out of my computer, and your emails are here. They're they're tangible. Uh, So as I said, lots of emails from people who want to express their thoughts about the, the podcast coming to an end. And why don't we start with this uh, gentleman, Derek Wilson, writes, Dear Harland, as many others, I've wanted to take the time to express my thoughts on the impending conclusion to the run of your podcast. Like most, I am saddened to see your podcast come to a close. Your podcast, along with the About Last Night podcast, Adam Ray and Brad Williams, introduced me to the world of podcasts, and I'm quite grateful for that blessing. You, in particular, have a unique comedy style, and you certainly bring that unique nature to producing your podcast. Unlike any other, wacky and crazy and funny and witty, the podcast was always a delight and never left me disappointed. 
This podcast will remain a favorite of mine, and I've always looked forward to the release of each episode and listening along with the commuting to work during the week. Thank you seems inadequate, but that you, for all the laughs and smiles, I look forward to being entertained by your future endeavors. Derek Wilson. P.S. Also thanks for Puppy Dog Pals. It's brilliant. Both my sons, who are five and two respectively, adore that show. And P.S.S. You should come back to Kansas City and perform at the Improv again soon. Your last visit was fantastic. Wow. Well, Derek, first of all, thank you for your very kind words. I'm glad that you uh, you enjoyed the podcast. It is it is sad to see it go. I I agree. But uh, I'm moving on to other things, and uh, who knows what comes up in the future. But uh, I'm glad you, you got laughter out of it. I'm glad it kept you company when you were commuting to work. And, uh, and that's really cool. And I'm glad your, your kids are enjoying another facet of my, uh, my activity, which is the Puppy Dog Pals uh, animated cartoon I created on Disney Junior. Um, we're working on the third season vigilantly right now, and uh, so there you go. And uh, Kansas City, yes, the city of fountains. I was talking to a friend of mine who's from Kansas City the other day, and uh, I said, oh, yeah, the city of fountains. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's thousands of fountains all over Kansas City. I said, oh, yeah, there's tons of them. I remember I stopped at one. And it was an old, like, Klondike gold miner guy, like, with the old hat and the old pants. And he was, he was standing, in, uh, standing there, like, uh, squirting water. And I threw some money in at the fountain, and it turned out to be a homeless guy pissing on a wall. And that got them laughing pretty good. So, hey, Derek, thank you for your letter. Uh, that is awesome, and uh, let's do another one while we're in here. Let's do another one. This is from Blake Downing. Blake, Harlan, the episode where you revealed that you were ending the show, you were saying that there was an announcement, and I knew instinctively it was going to be about the thousands episode and the show coming to an end. When you announced it was coming to an end, my heart sank. It really blows the show's ending, but I can understand where you're coming from. There are so many podcasts out in the world and barely make it past 100 episodes. Oh, I didn't know that. So congratulations on keeping the show going for so long. You've provided so much laughter and joy to my life and some tears. While working, I listen to podcasts the whole day. When an episode of The Harlan Highway comes on, I get a charge and know that the next 30 minutes is going to be great. The daily work struggle can be grinding, so your show was such a relief. That's why I'm going to miss it so much. I really am excited now for what you're going to do next. I'll miss Corporal Tom Dowdy, Samuel E. Quauk, Aunt Ruthie, and the koala the most. Speaking of the koala, I couldn't stop laughing at the episode where the koala got shot. I isolated a soundbite from that episode where the koala got capped, and I made it my text notification on my cell phone. <laughs> that lasted about two days. It was way too jarring every time I got a text, and your koala impression sounded sounded off. It made me jump. I had to switch back to the sound effects. It was less frightening. What a ride it was down the highway with, with you. I love you, Harlan. Thank you for all the work you put in and gave us. Blake from Dallas. Hashtag ball drop. Well, you know what, Blake? Thank you so much. What a what a nice and kind and uh, positive uh, email. And I'm so glad, like everyone else, that you got something out of the show, out of all the wacky characters I did. I kind of forgot about the koala one. Um, but uh, that was really was a fun character. I think the koala sang Christmas carols a few times. And, uh, boy, it's hard to get him on the show because he lives in Australia, but... Uh, what a uh, what a great character! Can't beat a koala, can ya? Good lord! All right, let's do another one. We got another another letter here uh, for you. Let's see what we got here. All right, here we go. Let's see. This is from Jay Boris. Ooh, Jay Boris, Jay Boris. I don't know why I'm getting excited. I don't know who that is. 
Uh, it says, uh, Jay Boris says, thank you. Been a longtime fan and just wanted to say thanks for nearly three decades now. I've enjoyed your work. My brother and I probably watched Rocket Man a thousand times. I've seen your stand-up show last time you came to Pittsburgh. I'll be seeing you again soon in Pittsburgh and can't wait. Been listening to your stand-up in the car to get ready. Ha ha. All that being said, what I really wanted to say is that now you is that you now have entertained my daughter. She's 10 months old and absolutely loves when Puppy Dog Pals or Playtime with Puppy Dog Pals comes on. We have the bingo and rolly digging cars. We have the figurines and even the stuffed animals. When I first heard Bob, I knew it was you and immediately checked the credits. Some great depth. I enjoy this show as well. So it's nice to have that to share with my daughter. So thank you and good luck in Pittsburgh. Well, thank you, Jay Boris. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh, I have that coming up very soon on my uh, stand-up comedy tour. Go to harlowwilliams.com to check the dates and get your tickets. But uh, so glad that you uh, you enjoy the, uh, the, the uh, Puppy Dog Pals show. That's my animated show that I did for... Uh, for the good old Disney Junior Channel, and uh, kids, kids and adults alike seem to be loving it. So we're uh, doing well with the whole uh, animation stuff. But uh, let's do a couple more letters, and then we'll get into the meat of the show. Uh, here's one from Travis Caliborn. Caliborn, there it is. Hi, Harlan. Sorry, I know this isn't the right place for me to email you, but I'm not using social media. Just wanted to say big thank you for all the laughs over the years. You are truly a comic genius. Oh, now stop. Love the voices and comedy routines as well as the more serious aspects of the podcast. Out of curiosity, have you ever considered adding a video YouTube element to the show where you televise yourself doing the various voices? Well, listening adds to the mystique. I think watching you do the voices would be very entertaining as well. Perhaps a new platform could bring in a new generation of pavement pounders. You know, these kids and their high-tech gizmos. I'm still wearing off the spook from your scary Halloween episode that Freddy Krueger is one freaky dude. I love you, man, and best of luck on all your future endeavors. Thanks again for the wonderful ride down the Harlan Highway. What a ride it's been. Travis K., Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, well, thank you, Travis. Man, that uh, that uh, makes me feel good that you had such a good time on the Harlan Highway. And um, it's a good question. You know, a lot of podcasters do do a video element to their show. And, uh, and my show is so very much theater of the mind with all the characters that I feel like uh, filming me doing the voices would kind of uh, be counterproductive, you know? My, my voices and my characters are kind of like the whole experience. It's, it's kind of let your brain do the work. And I think when you when you show yourself doing the voices, it kind of it takes away from it. I think it exposes too much and you realize, oh, there's a guy doing a voice as opposed to believing in the concept that maybe there's an actual real character there. So, you know, when I do my voices, I, I kind of get into the mindset that I'm jumping back and forth between myself and uh, a character. But in, in the character's world, the character's very real, if that makes sense. And I think that's the illusion that I try to paint by just having it all done in audio. I think if you see it, it's kind of a spoiler. And it doesn't have the same impact. There's, there's a great great uh, radio broadcaster and podcaster named Phil Hendry who uh, does something very similar to what I do and I dare say does it way better I mean this guy is this guy is you know if I'm at a 5 this guy's at a 15 okay um, but he's a guy that I just think is amazing and he actually does that where he films himself doing the different voices he, he does kind of similar to what I do, as I said. And uh, I always regretted watching him do it because it just, it kind of popped the bubble. It, it, 
It took the mystique. It, you know, whenever we hear characters, whether it's my characters, Dr. Ascot or Commander Tom Dowdy or Rabbi Pappenheim or Aunt Ruthie, I know all of you listening probably have, you create a vision in your head of what they look like, what they're wearing, what the, how many wrinkles they have, what, what their house looks like, what they're doing, you know, what their history is. I know it's weird, but that's the beauty of this medium. You, you hear a voice and you start, to, you start to build up their world in your head. You don't know a thing about them, but some, somehow each of us has a different kind of mental image of, of how they exist in, in the world, even though they don't really exist at all. And so that's why I always stayed away from videotaping my performances. And, and also, I also find when you videotape, you become a lot more self-conscious. And uh, I think I've told you guys in the past that I, if you listen to a thousand episodes of my podcast and you listen to all the interviews, there, I never wrote down one word. Okay, not one word that was ever written down. None of it was scripted. None of it uh, was was uh, written out. If anything, every now and then I'd write down a bullet point, like, oh, maybe George Michael talks about uh, teabagging, and that would be it. Like, I'd, as I'm sitting here, kind of just improvising, I'd I'd maybe have a few little bullet points where I'd go, oh, there's that word. I'll I'll, I'll throw that into the improvisation. So uh, it takes a lot of focus and a lot of concentration, and you're, you're jumping back and forth between personalities. It's almost like schizophrenia on, on audio tape. And I, f- I always felt like if I was filming it, I'd be way more self-conscious and maybe not as free and maybe not as spontaneous and maybe not as funny. And so there was a lot of reasons why I never filmed it. And uh, I remember once I did the podcast live in San Francisco at a sketch show festival. And I remember I, I tried to do uh, Mr. Featherstone live in front of, in front of a, a live audience. And I just halfway through, I just bailed out. It was just too, it, it was just too weird. It's almost like I need privacy with these voices. I need, I need complete isolation so I can let them just come out and and roam free and be crazy so uh, as much as it would be uh, interesting uh, not gonna happen Um, you're just gonna have to keep uh, imagining which I think is healthier for the brain I think it's good for the brain to flex those muscles make your imagination think and uh, but it was something I kind of thought about as I went along so uh, above and beyond all that, thank you for being a pavement pounder. Thank you for your very kind words. And uh, I'm so glad you got so much out of the podcast, okay? Uh, all right, Raj, I say we do one more uh, email here. And then uh, we get the heck out of Dodge and uh, get going on, uh, on uh, some other stuff, okay? So here we go. One last letter, and this is from Dan Ghost. Dan Ghost. Hey, Harland, one of the most unique and appealing qualities of your podcast is the timelessness of the episodes. Most other podcasts are disposable, and if you don't listen to them when they are released, there is little point going back. Each episode of The Highway, with rare exception, contains timeless comedy. Aunt Ruthie, Mr. Featherstone, Charlie Lee, etc., That way they can be enjoyed whenever one decides to listen. It isn't disposable, quote, news of the day stuff. I'm telling you this for two reasons. One, it is important to keep the archive online so that we we will always be able to listen to the episodes and others will be able to discover them. I'm sure there are fans like myself who are completists and keep track of the episodes they listen to. I still have all of 2011 and 2012 to listen to, and those two years alone make for over 300 episodes. Wow, okay, you're in for a treat. If I haven't heard it, then it's a new episode for me. So I'll have, quote, new episodes to enjoy long after the show ends. And two, I know you want to end the show with an even 1,000 episodes in the can. As I've been listening to the archive, I've noticed that on three occasions... A number has been accidentally skipped in the numbering of the episodes. 
because of this, episodes 303, 451, and 616 actually don't exist. <gasps> so when the highway ends later this year on episode 1000, it will actually be episode 997. I suspect I'm the only listener who's noticed this, so there's no real need for you to address it, but I thought you'd like to know. And if it results in you extending the highway for three more episodes, Eureka, folks! Chicken chow mein, baby. Best Dan Ghost. Wow, holy smokes. I d- that sounds like something I do. I'm bad with numbers. I'm, 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 I bet you're probably right. And I'm not even going to go back and check, but I'm going to believe you. And you know what? You just got three bonus episodes. Actually, if you're right, they're not even bonus episodes. They're just episodes that are owed to complete the thousand. So we've just jumped up three extra episodes. Thanks to Dan Ghost and his his podcast detective work. I say, Dan Ghost, excellent job. It's elementary, dear Watson. Um, so good for you, man. I'm glad you spotted that. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to play along and we'll do three extra episodes to make sure we hit a thousand. It's the right thing to do, right? Um, and then, uh, as far as your note about the timelessness of the comedy, well, that's a very good observation, Dan, because I did that on purpose. I, I really did. I didn't want to have a podcast where, you know, if you turn, turned it on, I was talking about the news of the day. And if someone listened to it 100 years from now, they'd be like, what the hell is he talking about? I kind of did all my skits based on if someone actually listened to this like 30, 40, 50, 100 years down the road, they'd be like, okay, that's still funny. It's still, there's nothing in there that time dates it. So uh, I did that by design, and I'm glad you picked up on that because a lot of a lot of uh, you know, there's a few exceptions where I might have talked about the election or or something that was really current, like landing on Mars or whatever. But even even when I did those, I tried to keep them kind of timeless as much as I could. But I'd say 98% of all my podcasts are exactly as you described, very timeless. Um. And yes, I also agree with your uh, your analysis about keeping the shows archived. I will be leaving them up there so people can listen to them. And, and good for you. You have two years worth of podcasts to listen to, 2011 and 2012, probably two of the best years. I'm just saying that. But you got a lot of fun comedy coming your way, buddy. That is that That is a treat. That is a treat. So, again, a great letter. I'm going to print this uh, this one up. Oh, I don't need to. It's already printed up. Wink, wink. And uh, thanks to Dan Ghost, there will be three more episodes of the Harland Highway. And don't the rest of you start writing in and go, now that you mention it, episode 1215, 624, and uh, 503 weren't there either. I'm not falling for it. But Dan, I believe Dan here. Because I am bad with labeling and numbering, and I've even caught myself mixing it up on occasion. So so we'll make it right. And, uh, Raj, I think that's it. Guys, thank you for your great uh, emails. Thank you for expressing your thoughts on the Harland Highway. Thank you for even taking the time to write to me. I can't tell you how much it means to me. I mean, remember, at the end of the day, you guys are the reason I did this thing, just to, to make you giggle, to keep you entertained. I mean, let's be honest, I did it to make myself laugh, too. But it was really, you know, if, if it weren't for you people out there, I wouldn't be sitting at home doing all this stuff. So it, it uh, it's very gratifying to know that you guys enjoyed it. So uh, let's close up the mailbag. We'll be reading more letters as we go along. And now that we have three extra episodes to do it, I mean, who knows what we're going to stumble across. So... So thanks, guys, for your letters. Thank you for all your great, kind thoughts and wishes. And uh, let's close it up and get right back into the Harland Highway podcast. Rog? Another letter from our listeners, Dave. Heavens to 
to Murgatroyd. Speaking of heavens, I gotta give, I gotta fill you guys in on a little secret that this really happened. I didn't want to interrupt the reading of the voicemail of the uh, the emails, but this is I'm, this is totally serious. I'm sitting in the studio here in front of the microphone, and uh, in front of me is is my laptop where I'm monitoring, you know, all the the audio stuff. And as I was reading and talking about your letters, out of nowhere, a spider came down and landed right on my keypad on my laptop. I just, I, I don't, it was just so weird. Life is so random like that. Just a, it's like a spider just slowly, I saw it drop down past my face like a little spider fireman coming out of the roof of the spider firehouse, sliding down the invisible pole. And right on my, and then when he landed on on the uh, keypad, he immediately took kind of a, a defensive stance. He kind of like stuck his chest out and puffed his legs out. And you could see he was like, "All right, who wants to mess with me, man?" And of course, I just blew him away. I was like, Whew! and he was gone. That's gotta hurt the ego, right? When you when you step down, step up on someone, you flex, you pose, and they literally just with half a breath. You're like over on the floor behind a couch or something, you know? Uh, but anyways, let's, uh, if that isn't crazy enough for you, Raj, let's do a crazy news story. Oliver! The Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. I think you're crazy. Yep. Here we go. Another one. Another wacky, nutty, crazy story. I don't know. Why don't these things ever happen to me? Do they happen to you? Here's the headline. Half-naked woman crashes through restaurant ceiling in Tennessee twice. Ha! Once wasn't enough, I guess. Wow. So here's the story. Maybe she just thought they were running low on buns. A half-naked 26-year-old woman fell through the ceiling of a Tennessee burger and barbecue joint earlier this week, not once but twice, before being apprehended by police in the dining room. That's rough. What You know, when you hear of people getting arrested, it's usually in an alley, in the street, in a gunfight. How often do you hear about people getting arrested in a dining room? Harley C. Morton was arrested on Tuesday night after an employee working at Cookout, a burger and barbecue joint, called police around 10 p.m. to report seeing a woman busting through the ceiling tile. (laughs) The woman was able to pull herself up and retreat back up into the ceiling. Good Lord. Um... I mean, what is she, a bat? She's like a, she's like a raccoon or a possum? She falls through the roof, hangs on for dear life. Not only, not only do you fall through a roof, but you're half naked? First of all, big questions here. What are you doing up in a roof, in a ceiling? Okay, what are you doing up there? It's, it's full of, of asbestos and insulation and rat droppings and dangerous electrical wires. Okay, it's probably, you probably have no more room to stand up than you would if you were in a crawl space. And then on top of all those life-endangering things, you have no pants on, you're half naked? What the hell is wrong with you? Officers arrived to find slight damage in the kitchen and recovered what to be the woman's wallet on the roof. While officers were still in the premises, the woman fell through the tile again, landing on the floor of the kitchen before trying to exit through the dining room. That's when police saw Morton wearing nothing from the waist down. Good Lord, what the hell? And if she had a wallet, where was she putting it? No wonder her wallet was on the roof. She had no pockets. I don't want to know where she put that wallet. What kind of idiot is walking around in the ceiling half naked? Police believe the woman may have entered into the building ceiling by removing a screen on the roof. 
She was transported to a local jail and charged with criminal trespassing, vandalism, and disorderly conduct. I mean, it's kind of, at least she only fell in the kitchen. I mean, it would have been nice if she fell right on a, on a hot, red-hot element and branded her bubbly ass. Can you imagine she crashes through and her ass lands right in a sizzling wok with ginger beef and shrimp? Man, that would sting. Where she landed right on a, on a red-hot element and, like, grilled a coil on her ass? She just had, like, a permanent burn mark of a... A coiled-up grill on her ass? <laughs> when she went to the beach, people were like, that chick's got a hot ass. Not really. Yeah, look, there's a grill mark on it. Um, uh, but imagine if she came down in the actual dining room. Uh, you know, you're ordering, right? Uh, yes, what would you like for dinner tonight, sir? Uh, yes, I would like the... Uh, the roast beef. Smash. Well, that was fast. Yes, sir. We like to work fast here. Is the roast beef fresh? Go ahead and eat it, sir. I mean, imagine that. You're just sitting there with your family and a giant flubbery ass lands on your freaking plate. The story kind of spins off here. It says, in June... A Mexican restaurant in Garden Grove, California, experienced a similar incident when a woman who had asked to use the restroom climbed into a crawl space, crawled into the ceiling, and eventually crashed through into the kitchen. Now, before I continue, I actually have audio of the Mexican restaurant thing. Here, here she is crashing through the ceiling. You can hear it. Listen. I mean, come on. There was a video on YouTube of this woman smashing through the ceiling. It's hilarious. It's like all these people are just, they can hear her walking around up in the tiles. And sure enough, then she just comes crashing through right to the ground. Nutcakes. One of the patrons who recorded the incident described the woman as a crackhead. Though police did not confirm if the woman was on drugs at the time. I, is, is, can we all just say it's safe to say if you're on a roof and you crawl into a ceiling and you pull down your pants and you're running around naked in the asbestos and you fall through twice, I think we can probably assume you're on crack. The fact that you landed on your crack and you're on crack means you're on crack, your own crack. So there you go. There's the crazy news story. Watch out the next time you're at Applebee's. You might want to wear a helmet or an umbrella over your table or something to deflect the ass coming your way, the fresh roast beef about to come in from overhead. Ay, 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 idiot. Wait a second. Hold it. I saw the whole thing. The machine's fixed. Who's she, your mother? Blow up your pants. Hello? Hello? Hey, Harland. It's uh, Ryan in Portland. I uh, just got done listening to your George Michael final farewell podcast for George Michael with the uh, lime and lager bit. And, uh, man, it's amazing. And it just made me realize how unbelievable your your uh, podcast has been over the years and um, the way that you're able to switch characters is, is unbelievable. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sure you know that, but you know, I, I, I'm sure there's some other pavement pounders out there that would love to see how you do that. And I just thought, and not to give you another homework assignment, but if you're able to post some YouTube video of you switching characters live um, that would just be unbelievable. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know I would enjoy seeing that. I don't know how you do it, but I've enjoyed it all these years and thank you so much. Uh, yeah, 
can't thank you enough for the podcast. It's in the line and logger thing, man. That's hilarious. So thanks, thanks, Arlen. And uh love to hear some romantic poetry guy too, man, if you're if you're able to. It's it's springtime, so it's about that time. But uh yeah. Thanks, man. Take care. Peace out. Chicken chow me. You let him in, didn't you, Raj? Yeah. No, I saw what when the when the phone call was playing, I saw the door open through the corner of my eye. And he walked in, and you didn't even ask me, and now he's here. Hello, sir. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, Samuel E. Quauk. Um, I don't remember me inviting you to come and be on the podcast today. I come here every spring, sir, to read my romantic letters, if you don't mind, sir. Yeah, I do mind, Quauk, okay? This isn't your podcast. It's mine. Okay, and Roger, it would have been nice to have a little heads up before Samuel E. Quelk walked in here with his his leather binder full of, of worn-out letters. These are not worn-out letters, sir. These are romantic musings and romantic poems and stories that I've written over the decades, sir. God, that, that thing smells like an old sock, that binder. Do you mind, sir? I said I didn't ask you to come in here and read. Spring has sprung, and so has romance, sir. Okay. And during the spring, I always come to your podcast, sir, and read romantic letters. Oh, my God. You're not going to leave unless I let you do it. Is, is that what you're saying? Precisely, sir. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to get on with it, shall we? Oh, oh, excuse me, shall we? Shall we, sir? Yeah, oh, just do it and get out of here. Yes, you come every spring. And by the way, this is going to be the last spring, so you better make it a good one. They're always good ones, sir. Now, if you don't mind, sir. I actually do mind, but go ahead and get it over with, Quauk. Thank you, sir. And don't make it gruesome. Can you just for once do a nice romantic story like you always promise you're going to do? Do you mind, sir? One of us is the writer and one of us is the listener, sir. Oh, now I'm just reduced to a listener. Do you mind, sir? Samuel E. Quelk would like to read a romantic letter. Hurry up! God, you creep me out, dude. Thank you very much. Dearest Pollyanna, I will never forget the springtime spent in the tropical island of Tahiti. The two of us so youthful and joyful and alive, basking in the sun on the white sand beaches, the shade of the palm trees overhead, the cry of tropical birds surrounding us in the air. Erotic and exotic butterflies floating on the warm breeze. Splashes of purple and orange and pink in the distant horizon as the sun sparkled on the waves as they slowly and continually drifted towards the warm romantic shore. And it was there, my dear, sweet, tender, loving Pollyanna, on the soft sandy shores of the Tahitian paradise, under the shade of the tropical palm tree as you lay underneath your beautiful eyes reflecting the ocean, your hair blowing in the warm tropical breeze, your smile flashing like a star glistening in the midnight sky. And as you sat under that tree absorbing life with all your youth, and all your jubilance. Somehow a coconut overhead must have come loose, ripened by the ravages of time, and just coincidentally it it fell from its stem and traveled through the air and landed with a thud, an abrupt, loud, horrible thud right on the top of your head, conking you as if a bongo drum player with cement fingers smashing his hands on a tambourine-filled 
basking kettle drum in the orchestra of the your head echoing like a like a barrel of empty oil being hit with a giant baseball bat or a log your eyes spinning around in your head like your brain had been short-circuited when the giant coconut smashed you in the cranium and left a dent on your all right there it is there it is do you mind sir no there it is see here I am, I get sucked into this beautiful tropical Tahitian paradise. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. And then all of a sudden, she's under a palm tree. The eyes are sparkling, the smile, the youthfulness. Exactly as I remember it, sir. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, as always, a coconut falls out of the tree. Exactly. Okay, and hits her in the head, and her eyes are spinning. Do you mind if I tell the story, sir? Well, it's not really a story. It's like a nightmare. Do you mind? I am the writer, and you are, as I said earlier, sir, the, uh, what do we call it? The listener? Oh, okay, so now, wow, talk about having disdain for your audience. Do you mind if I proceed, sir? Hurry up, you creep. God. Just hurry up. My dear Pollyanna, as I stood there on the sand with a tropical drink in my hand, the ones with the little umbrella sticking over the edge of the glass, I remember staring at you as the giant coconut bounced off your head, leaving an echoey sound like a bat hitting a wall in an endless cave in a rocky crag and your eyes looking at me stunned beyond belief as if a train was coming through your imagination about to hit you square on and as I stood there and watched your eyes start to bleed tears of runny olive oil blood you lost your footing as you tried to stand and get your bearings my dear Pollyanna and all I could do is watch as you stumbled down the beach and the, the cabana boys were waving you off as you got dangerously closer and closer to a mound of poisonous Portuguese man-of-war jellyfish that had just freshly washed up in the high tide the night before. And they ran yelling, flailing their arms, screaming the veins in their necks, straining to try and drive you away from the poisonous mound of Portuguese man-of-war. But dear Pollyanna, your brain was so stunned by the coconut, you wobbled and tripped right into this fleshy pile of gelatinous poison. The tentacles immediately wrapping around your beautiful white slender legs, swirling their way up like candy floss in a clown's nightmare. The stingers turning purple and orange, your legs looking like an old lady's varicose veins getting sucked by an Italian man's lips at a spaghetti restaurant. <laughs> oh, my dear Pollyanna, you screamed with such horror like a werewolf was pulling garlic bread from your swollen bottom. It was unbelievable and all we could do was stand as the, the Portuguese man-of-war started to sting you and turn your tender white pale skin purple and black like you'd been stung by a scorpion with leukemia cancer. Your eyes- Stop! Holy God, Quauk! Do you mind, sir? Yes, I mind! Lu a scorpion with leukemia cancer? I'm, this is part of what I write, sir. If you can't understand the English language, sir. Well, English language? She, the, some of, she had veins going up her legs like an Italian sucking spaghetti? That's right, sir. It's called descriptive license. Descript... How about Stephen King horror license, bro? I'm not sure what you mean by bro. Dude, are you almost finished? Because this is like churning my stomach. If you don't mind, sir, I'm almost finished. God, hurry up. I better get more romantic from here, you freak. 
Stop. Do you mind, sir? Go ahead! My dearest Pollyanna, as you screamed and stumbled your way through the pile of poisonous jellyfish, you finally made it to the ocean shore where the salt water seemed to offer some relief as it lapped against your ivory skin. And as a little sense of relief started to fill your googled-out, bongo-eyed, coconut eyes, suddenly your, your screams multiplied as it became obvious that in your efforts to alleviate the stinging pain of the Portuguese man-of-war's pus poison, you had accidentally stepped straight into a school of thorny sea urchins, their spiny needle-like barbs stabbing through your feet and toes like nails through Jesus' hands on the crucifix. You screamed as blood and pus and sea urchin mucus swelled from your feet, your toes turning black like you had climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in sub-zero temperatures and frostbite and turn your feet into tar babies at the end of your legs. You screamed so hard that your tongue started bleeding and barnacles started growing on your face like a whale that had been out to sea for 14 fathoms and 29 degrees. Poor Pollyanna, your feet became swollen and watered like the elephant's man, the elephant man's penis head. Yes, we can only imagine that the cap on the elephant man's penis must have been bumpy and slimy like your sea urchin infested feet. Stop! Do you mind, sir? Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? I do believe you have ears to listen, sir. Ears to li- Are you telling me she stepped on sea urchins and her feet got so infected? Yes, sir. That her feet got so blistered that that her feet looked, resembled the elephant's man, the elephant man's, the head of his penis. I call it the elephant man's mushroom cap, sir. The elephant, dude, you are, do you mind, sir? I do mind. You're making my listeners sick to their stomachs, bro. Now finish it off. This is idiot. Thank you, sir. My dear Pollyanna, as your feet became dysfunctional with all the pus and poison, it was obvious you could no longer walk properly and you stumbled into a colony of seals that were nursing on the sand nearby. Somehow you stumbled under the the weight of a two and a half thousand pound bull elephant seal who was none too happy to see you. You surprised him and and in a reaction natural to all natural wonders of the world, the elephant seal lashed out with his giant thorny mouth full of canine teeth sharper than the knives in O.J. Simpson's cutlery drawer. The giant two-and-a-half-ton beast picked you up in the air and thrust you around like a rag doll at a muffin shop that was covered in cornmeal juice. Oh, my dear Pollyanna, you waved around like Queen Elizabeth's hand as she was going down the street and waving to the peasants in the parade, the lowly, smelly peasants that she she governed over. You were whipping around like a Chinese roasted ragweed at an all-you-can-eat pinochle festival, my dear Pollyanna. Oh, okay, goodbye. Get out. Enough is enough is enough, you sicko. I'm not finished, sir. You are finished. Get out of here. And before anyone could react, a rogue wave came in and sucked you out to sea, Pollyanna. You got pulled out like rotten seaweed at the bottom of a toilet bowl. Just dragged your hair full of mollusks and starfish. Chinese fiddler crabs eating your areolas like flattened pancakes in a waffle hut. But get out! Get stop! Get out! Roger, cut him off! Stop the music! Get out! And then, of course, a killer whale came up from the depths and ate your head like a golf ball being swallowed by the ninth hole in Tiger Woods' backyard. Where get out!
God! What is with that idiot? The most disgusting, stupid, unromantic stories I've ever heard. Whoa! Roger, thanks a lot. What a nut bar, man. And guess what, folks? This is where we end the show because I can't I can't get that imagery out of my head. What a freak. We end the that's that's right. We end the show. Thanks, Roger. I hope you're happy. Oh my god. You know what? Let me do some announcements and let's get the hell out of here. Uh I'm just discombobulated, I'll be honest. Sea urchins and killer whales and O.J. Simpson's cutlery drawer? So, I'll be in Cincinnati, Ohio, April 26th and 27th at the Funny Bone Comedy Club. If you're out in that area, come and get me, baby. Uh, April 26th and April 27th, the Funny Bone in Cincinnati, Ohio. And then the following weekend, this will be fun, a brand new comedy club opening in Las Vegas at Caesars Palace. Jimmy Kimmel, the late night host, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, he is uh, he opened a comedy club called the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club in Las Vegas at Caesars. And I will be there uh, May 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, Thursday through Sunday in Las Vegas. I have not performed in Vegas in a while. And then the following week, oh my God, I'm in Washington, D.C. And then the following weekend, I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So May is at, May is like a full month of stand-up for me, man. I rarely do like week after week after week, but the, uh, the Jimmy Kimmel one just kind of came in out of nowhere, and I was like, I got to do that one. That one sounds fun. So uh, that's like four weekends in a row of stand-up for me. Unheard of. I don't do that, but it's just, just, just how it worked out. So, so there you go. Um, so check my website, harlemwilliams.com, and uh, you can get tickets. There's links to all the, uh, all the sites except the Vegas one I still have to put up there. It might not be up yet. Uh, and I hope we see you at one of these cities where you can have some more laughs. And there will not be any uh, Samuel E. Quauk. Good Lord, what a freak. Uh, so that's it, gang. Thank you for your letters, your kind letters, your your phone calls. Um, and uh, I hope you had a good time as we start to wind down here and slowly start to shut down the Harland Highway. But uh, as you heard, you got a few extra episodes thanks to uh, one of the pavement pounders, so... So there you go. Um, so that's it. That's it for today. I hope you had a great time. And uh, until next time, watch out for falling coconuts and chicken chow mein, baby. You waved around like Queen Elizabeth's hand as she was going down the street and waving to the peasants in the parade.